God, thank you that your name is great. The enemy, he has to leave at the sound of your great name. I pray that this morning um, in Jesus' name, that the enemy would be bound from this place, bound from our hearts, God, um, that you would work in our hearts. God, I just lift up Art and Helen Westfall to you right now. Um, with Helen in, in hospice, we are so grateful and thankful that we have hope in the name of Jesus um, and that, that, that you rose from the dead and you conquered death and that we don't have to be afraid of death, that we are going to be with you someday. We thank you for that, God. Pray for Christians in Iraq and Iran and, and, and just the sometimes seeming hopelessness um, that comes for them. But God, we have hope again in your name, in the name of Jesus. And so we claim that this morning and bind Satan from this place. God, we love you and we need you. And all God's people said, Amen. You can have a seat. Just so you know, I was Facebooking about Jesus this morning, so it's all good, right? This is the first week in our uh, wise living in a smart world, the age of smartphones and smart everything. Everything's smarter than me, so why would I even go to school? Um, man, I could have made out pretty well with that, not having, God could just ask Siri everything, Right? Anyway, we're glad you're here. I just want to open up with a few quotes. Uh, this, these came from you. You guys sent stuff in when we asked, and that was awesome. And so through our series, stuff is going to be used. Um, we won't use your names, unless it was good. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Here's the first quote. So my confession is, this is the funniest one, because I know the person. And you can just guess who it was. I'm not going to tell you. See how distracting these things are? So my confession is that I'm obsessed with stupid games. It takes me away from doing what should be done around the house, missing out on conversations with people around me, choosing not to read my simple devotions, causing frustration because I'm not getting anything done. Okay, okay, okay. What more can I say? We've all been there. Number two, for the most part, I'm so very thankful for technology. I am blessed and encouraged and strengthened in my daily walk with God all day long by it. I love that I can have the Bible read to me through in a year as I do my daily routine. I love that I can talk with my sisters who live far away. I love that I can listen to my favorite Bible teachers as I work or drive. I can choose the music I want for the mood I'm in or mash it up for a smorgasbord. Now, number one is like thinking of number two. Ooh, so spiritual right now. But I know both those people. And, and it's, uh, it's just evident that we're all in this room, everybody, as we talk about wisdom and technology and how it all fits together, we are a team. And so um, we want to continually be a team that if you struggle with this more than somebody else, it's okay, because we are all, all here to give advice to each other, to help each other, to, to bring each other along um, in the path of wisdom and how we can use technology for the glory of God. Um, I want you to watch this video real quick, just to help us with that. Really? Really?
time for a phone to save us from our phones. New Windows Phone, designed to get you in and out and back to life. When I grow up, I'll be the hero of my storybook. I'll start at zero and rise and fall and rise and fall again. When I grow up, the sun will be. We got multiple calls, guys. Let's go. Let's roll. I practice every move, so inspired. When I grow up, I'll be good and strong. I'll create a world where I belong. When I grow up, the positive and the negative of technology and how it can shape our world. So, wise living in a smart world. For, for the next five weeks, we really, our goal is just to start a conversation here on Sunday morning with you through scripture about what wisdom is and how it can apply to the use of technology in our life. Okay. <laughs> I remember that. Okay, you guys can stop now. You get the point. They're distracting in every area of life. So we want to start this conversation every Sunday morning with you about wisdom and how it fits with technology. And hopefully our goal is to see everyone in the room in a small group because this conversation for the next five weeks is going to continue during the week in our small group. Some on Sunday night, some on Monday, some on Thursday. So if you still have not signed up for a small group, right outside those doors, you can do that today. They start tonight. Um, and our goal is to start the conversation so that you, as iron sharpens iron, can sharpen each other, can talk about this stuff, can really dig into it, and let wisdom, what you can learn from each other and what you can ultimately learn from God and Scripture, let it shape how you use technology, how it fits into your everyday life. And so our theme verse for, for, this, um, for this whole series is going to be Proverbs 17, 24. And that says this, the discerning sets his face toward wisdom, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. The discerning sets his face toward wisdom, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. The question is, will we set our lives towards gaining wisdom forever, for the rest of our lives, toward gaining more and more and more wisdom or are we going to set our eyes on the ends of the earth? The, 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 the information, the, the things that the world and men have to offer us. Because if you, when, you, when you look at it, that could be endless. And it's all right at our fingertips. So are we going to set our minds and our lives towards gaining wisdom? Or are we going to be constantly ensued and wrapped up in what the world and men have to offer? It's a good question because we know that there's positives. Obviously, we've already seen that. We know that there's positives about technology and it can be used in a positive way. And there's negatives about technology. But we've got to ask that question. So this morning, what I want to call you to do is just to take your heartbeat, to take your pulse on where you are, what's your, what's your 
temperature, should I say, as far as how much and how you use technology and how you apply wisdom to your life in technology. I want to read a quote sent in by Mike Johnson. He's not even here this morning, so I can do this. But Mike is a guy that, he, he's such an example to me of a guy that has a lot of constants in his life. Constant things that he does every single day. He's a guy that defines for me what discipline is. Um, he's just an awesome example to me. And he sent this in, and it really defines what we want to accomplish through this series and uh, it, it really spoke to me because exactly what you hear, hear what I'm about to read, Mike lives this out. And I, and I love this. So listen to this. There are so many ways Christians can take advantage of technology for the good of the kingdom. In social media and PR for a church and creative ways to communicate the gospel to a wider audience. Those are ways I've sought to use it in the local church and in personal outreach. I have a list of people that I text scripture to almost daily as a way of sharing what I study in the mornings and as a way to keep myself reading the Bible. The list has grown to over 50 people and great things can happen when the word goes forth. Technology, especially small devices and easy access to the internet can be a gateway to a big downfall too, which is why a series like this is a very good idea. We shouldn't dive into a digital lifestyle without godly discernment and accountability. Even if used for the good of God's ministry, we can pay too much attention to our smartphones and not enough attention to the people in the same room. I'm looking forward to hearing about successes and failures and apply the wisdom of God's word to this area of my life. I love that because I, for one, I'm one of the people on, in that list of 50. And so um, sometimes, so is Heather, so sometimes at night we'll be sitting there, and, and Mike will send this text with verses like at all different random times during the day. Um, so we really don't know when he reads, but we know that he's reading and he's sending this out. So we'll be sitting there, and our phones will be over on the countertop, and they'll both go off at the same time. And when that happens, we just look at each other and we're like, it's Mike. And so we don't go look at it for like another 20 minutes because it's really not that urgent. We already know it's from him, so we don't have to run over to our phones and everything. No, I'm just kidding. But Mike has created his own personal uh, accountability system, right? Because if he's sending this verse out to 50 people every day and he doesn't do it, what does everybody assume? Oh, man, Mike's not reading today. I know that. Or he just forgot to send it out or whatever. But the point is not that we get to call him on that, but that Mike has taken steps to use what is in his pocket to effectively send scripture and encourage people, but also he's created his own little way of accountability through his phone. I mean, that's an amazing use of the technology that God has given us. So I love that. Um, So our title for this morning uh, is going to be Got Wisdom. You know, like the whole got milk thing? And in that question, uh, assumes that, yeah, everyone needs milk. You got your milk? Well, that's the question for this morning. Got wisdom, assuming that everyone needs wisdom. And so what, what we want to do, what I want to do this morning is just take us through several Bible passages and, see, and seek to apply wisdom to how we look at technology in our lives. So we're going to start with uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. And I'm in the ESV this morning just because I like that. So if you're on uh, your iPad or your phone, um, 
and you're actually on your Bible app and not playing a game. If you're playing a game, just do it in the ESV version. That's fine. Um, I'm just kidding. It's not fine. Uh, open your Bible. It's a good thing to do. So Proverbs 1, 1 to 6. It's going to be on the screen too, so you can follow there. Let's read. To Prover- uh, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To understand words of insight. To receive instruction in wise dealing. In righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge, and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So, verses 1 to 6, this really shapes the entire goal of the whole book of Proverbs. Okay, and then verse 7, listen to this. This is the motto of the whole book. This really defines what the whole book is about. Right here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Again, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Verses 1 through 6 really encompass the who and the what of the whole book of Proverbs. And so I want to pause there and I want to present this to you. So everyone take this thing that was on your, on your seat. If, it's, if there wasn't one on your seat, look around because it's on an empty seat next to you. But take this, everybody hold it up just so I know that you have it. Okay, this is meant to be shaped like a bookmark because we would love for you to use it as a bookmark. Or you can take it and you can put it on your fridge. You can do whatever you want with it. But this is the Creekside Proverbs Challenge. Okay, and what we're going to do is, and we do not in any way seek to produce just checkmark Christians. We're not, we're not trying to produce people who just say, oh, I checked off my Bible reading for the day. But what we do want to do and what we think is important is that we are going to encourage and build the habit of being in Scripture every day and seeing the wisdom of being in God's Word every single day and how that can feed you and how you need that. Like my wife always tells people, she asks the question, do you remember what you ate for breakfast three days ago? I I usually don't. It's one of three things, but I usually don't remember what it was. But the fact is, I needed breakfast, right? I needed to eat it to nourish my body. It's the same thing with Scripture. You might not always remember what you you read, but we've got to be feeding our spirit. Your spirit needs to be fed, to be renewed on a daily basis. So that's what we want to encourage here. What we're going to do is, it's, it's simple. Sunday, September 14th, that's today. So before you go to bed tonight or sometime after this or while I'm preaching, it's fine too. It's good. Proverbs 1, read it. It takes me like 20 minutes. It takes the average reader five. Um, So you can do that. And that's our challenge for the month. Go through all 31 days. Our series is actually 29 days. So we're going to go a few extra on the challenge. Let's do that together and be encouraged by it. Keep each other accountable in your small groups to read every day one proverb uh, a day. So that's our challenge. So verse 1 through 6. It describes and encompasses the what and the who of the whole book of Proverbs. Here it is, verse 3, instruction in wise dealing. It's good for practical life. It's good for our daily choices. It's good for the decisions we make on a daily basis. Verse 5, it says, to increase in learning. It's good for our intellectual 
peace, our, our mind, our learning, our knowledge. Verse 3, righteousness, justice, and equity. It has to do with morality. In 1 Kings 3, 9, when Solomon is asking God to give him wisdom. He, he's the king. He needs wisdom to run the kingdom well. And he's asking God, God, give me wisdom. And he specifically asks for wisdom so that he can discern between good and evil. So wisdom is good for discerning between good and evil. And then in verse 6 it says, To understand a proverb, words of the wise and riddles. And I love this connection because it really points this is the first thing I thought of when I read that part of the verse. You know how Jesus talked in parables all the time? He wanted people to seek the truth. He wanted people to seek, to seek, to seek, to seek, to seek the truth. So he spoke in a parable to confuse people on purpose so that they would seek after him. So that they would say, God, I don't understand how this fits into my life. I don't understand life in this confusing time. And this says to understand a proverb, words of the wise, and riddles. So that we can go through life, and though a lot of life is confusing, and we can come to God and say, God, I just do not understand what I'm supposed to learn in this situation. What are you trying to teach me? Well, when we seek wisdom, that comes. When we seek wisdom, that comes. And then verses 4 to 5, it hits the fact that wisdom is for all ages and all types of people, the simple, the youth, or people who are already wise. In other words, every single person in this room is never smart enough, has never arrived. You will never get to the point where you do not need more of God's wisdom. And so let's just make, uh, let's make like an agreement today as a church that along with our Proverbs challenge, let's wake up every day and make the first prayer, God, give me wisdom today. Simple. God, give me wisdom today. But if we can pray that, it puts it on our minds, and we need to start seeking after wisdom. Go over to verse 20, Proverbs 1, verse 20. This section is labeled the call of wisdom. Let's read this. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks how long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you, but because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose to f the fear of the Lord. Remember verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Because they did not choose to fear the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their, own, have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread 
of disaster. So it starts out, wisdom is available to everyone. Okay, one of the things that you're going to talk about in your small group tonight is what does it look like for wisdom to be calling out to us? To be, wisdom wants to be had. Wisdom wants to be found. Okay, wisdom calls out from places that are obvious, from the streets, from the marketplace, where it can be seen. It is available. Okay, so be encouraged by that. And you're going to talk about tonight in your small groups, what does that look like in real life? Okay, I could give you a whole lot of examples right now, but I'm not going to because you guys need to sharpen each other and talk about that in your small group. So again, if you're not in a small group, get in a small group because it will enhance this experience, okay? How does wisdom call out to us in everyday life? Open your eyes, turn your ears on. That's what we say to our kids. Open your eyes, turn your ears on. We do that little thing. But to wisdom calling out to us in everyday life. I want to just pause here for a moment and acknowledge that wisdom doesn't always know what to do in every situation. A lot of times we can get discouraged if we just are stuck in a situation and life is getting us down and and things are heavy upon us. Wisdom does not always have to have the answer. Wisdom does not always have to know what to do in every situation. It doesn't have to fix a situation. It doesn't have to have an answer for a situation. Proverbs 11.2, let's turn over there real quick. Or you can just listen. Proverbs 11.2 says this, When pride comes... Then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. To understand that there is no possible way that I could know everything and that I could have an answer for everything in my life, okay? So I seek wisdom in humility in every situation. I used to think in my infinite youthful wisdom, right, that wisdom was only knowledge experienced, that I could take all this knowledge that was coming into me, especially when I was a Bible college student, that I could take all this knowledge that I was getting fed and getting taught, and all wisdom was, was the ability to take that knowledge and actually live it out in everyday situations, right? But as I've gotten out of college, and I've gotten married, and I've had kids, and um, I've begun to realize, I'm only 30, but I've begun to realize that Wisdom is so much more than that, that it includes that. But I, I just want to give you now a, a defining, uh, a working definition of wisdom for us. Because the older I get, the more I understand how little I know. You get that? The older I get, the more under, I understand how little I know. In other words, I need to be constantly learning to be willing to learn. Get that? I need to be constantly learning to be willing to learn. Verse 5 says, let the wise hear and increase in learning. The one who understands, obtain guidance. And so here, here's the definition that I want to give. It's this simple. And, and uh, Alan sent this to me, and I loved it right when I saw it. It's, it's, this is the definition of wisdom. The skill of godly living. The skill of godly living. If you write anything down, write that down. Okay, 
get out your phone, use the technology you have, and send it to your best friend, send it to your wife, send it to your husband, or just put it on your notes. The skill of godly living, and here's the point, that never, ever, ever ends for the rest of our lives. That never, ever, ever ends. The skill of godly living. So back to verse 20 to 32. Wisdom is calling out to all people, the wise, simple, fools, and scoffers. There are consequences for ignoring wisdom. And a lot of times the consequences for ignoring wisdom when it is calling out to you, when it is available to you, when God is giving it to you, either through his word or through other people or through something he wants you to learn in life, when we ignore that, the consequences are often destructive. Verse 32, to 33, verse 32 and 33 contrasts the results between ignoring wisdom with the results of Gaining wisdom and seeking wisdom and allowing it into your life. So look at this. Verse 32 says, For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. The results of ignoring wisdom. That they are killed by their turning away, and their complacency destroys them. And then verse 32, But... Whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread or disaster. Dwell secure and be at ease without dread of disaster. Now we know, obviously, from people who have been saved for a long time to people that have been saved for a little time, for people who have no idea what a relationship with Jesus is like, that gaining wisdom and living out wisdom and having wisdom in all of that is not simple. It's not an easy thing to do. Because oftentimes when we, we've said this before, but when we think we know what we know about God or about a situation in life or about the way things are supposed to work and then it just doesn't work out that way, we go into turmoil mode. And, and the things that we thought we believed about God or the, things, the way things work in life Life just gets confusing and we have no idea what to do. That's why wisdom is not always that simple. That's why gaining wisdom is a continuous, forever thing. And that's why humility is a huge part of wisdom. Because when we don't know what to do, we can get on our knees and we can cry out to God and say, God, I need your wisdom in this situation. Wisdom doesn't always mean that we understand, but we can cry out to God and understand that we don't have to have the answer. And that God can give that peace to us that we need. How in the world does wisdom apply to technology? Because the truth is that we live in a technological advanced world. I remember just a few months ago sitting with Liz over here in the office. And we got this. Okay, so Kathy and Jim get this computer from something they won. And they, they donate it to the church. I get this computer. It's Windows 8. It's not an Apple. So you can't blame us for being confused. Um, and so we're sitting there. And Liz is trying to do this thing on there. And I'm in my office. And so we are figuring out all at the same time how to use Windows 8 with the touch screen and the intercom button on the phones. Because, Nick, I need your help. Nick, I need your help. Nick, I, I pushed something and it just went crazy on me and I need your help. 
Okay, so we're figuring out all the technology has to offer, and it is just confusing and throwing us all off. We live in a technologically advanced world. I mean, for goodness sake, you could take your, I could take my phone right now and take your heartbeat. I mean, that should not be allowed. You go back to Proverbs 17, 24. The discerning sets his face toward wisdom, right? We seek wisdom. But the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. That verse really begs the question, why are we using the technology that's available to us? What drives us to our phone constantly? What drives us to look on Facebook constantly? What drives us to be on Twitter constantly? What drives us to our computer? What drives us to our TV? What drives us to these things that really have to offer the ends of the earth? And I mean, we ain't done yet, I could tell you. We're not done yet. The stuff, and I remember as a kid watching movies and saying, oh, it's a futuristic movie. That's awesome. And now I'm living with what was in that movie. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? And so, I mean, the things that were, the movies they're making now, that stuff is not far in the future. I mean, seriously, we could create something that, uh, this would be awesome, you know, like, Forget the phone. Put a chip in my hand where I can just go like this. I might look like a moron, but that'd be awesome, huh? It's going to happen. It's going to (laughs) happen. So anyway, this week, this past week, or a week and a half ago, I don't remember. It's still fresh in my head because it was that good. Bob Vaughn, he comes into my office frequently, and I love to talk with him because Bob is a very wise man. And so Bob came in uh, to talk about technology and how it fits into this this series and he just offered up a bunch of stuff and, and so I encourage you to when you've got time this week go to okay I've sent it out so look back at at uh, some of the emails that we've sent out with Bob's Bob's blog views of a farm boy okay go to that because his whole blog this last this last time was about technology in farming equipment okay and honestly when I got the blog I was like okay technology and farming equipment does not apply to me um, so I'll read a little bit, of, but then I went back after I met with Bob and read a lot more of it. It is insane, the stuff that they put in farming equipment. I mean, you don't have to drive this stuff anymore. It's all GPS, the roads, that's why when you drive down, um, past the cornfield, you can, like, see perfectly down the rows. Okay, it's not because the guy driving it was awesome, it's because technology is awesome, Okay. And we can just, that's, it's amazing that we could do that. But he, I want to share a paraphrase with you. This is my paraphrase of what came from our uh, conversation. I love this. Okay. This is all from Bob, not me. Ecclesiastes says that there is nothing new under the sun. God created everything that was needed to make the technology that we use today. All of these technological advances and devices They're not a surprise to God. He means for us to use these things that he has given us for his glory. It's a problem when we abuse that and it is used for other things. And or it becomes a distraction or an idol of some sort. Remember how we defined what an idol is? Anything that distracts us from our relationship with God. You can write that down too, that an idol is anything that distracts us from our relationship with God. I mean, I really, I, I totally 
am in line with that first quote a lot of the times. That I try to be in line with the second quote that we heard at first, but I'm most of the time when I get up and I pick up my Bible, this is right next to me. I mean, it's the first thing I pick up in the morning. My alarm's on it, so obviously I have to pick it up um, and throw it against the wall. But it's the first thing I touch every morning, right? And it comes with me. It goes in my pocket. It sits right next to me when I read my devotions. And it is so distracting because I'll be in the middle of a verse, in the middle of a verse thinking about what's on Facebook. And pick up my phone because I have no idea what's going on in the Bible. I pick up my phone and start reading Facebook. I mean, what is that? That's a desire for the ends of the earth. I mean, technology gives us information right now at the the tip of our fingers instantly. And that's not good for us. I'm telling you right now, that's not good for us. Okay? But everything that God has given us is meant for his glory and so that we can use it for his glory and to further the kingdom of God. And now, does this mean that in our pursuit of godly living, the skill of godly living, does that mean that we totally disconnect from Facebook, from Twitter, from all that stuff? No, absolutely not. Because it is, it is information at the tip of our fingertips. It does keep us connected with the people around us. It keeps us connected with information. It, I mean, we can talk to people by FaceTime, see them face-to-face. We can be connected with people in Iraq who are being persecuted. We can be connected with missionaries. We can be connected with family. We can be connected with our sports teams. We can be connected with fun stuff. And there's nothing wrong with fun stuff. But the call this morning... When the definition of wisdom is the skill of godly living, what's your temperature when it comes to technology? How are you allowing technology to to form and shape your family life, your temptation life, your speech life? How are you allowing technology to shape and guide your life with God. There's so much available to us. When we think about wisdom, Proverbs 1.7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In our desire to have a skill in godly living, It all starts with God. God is the source of all wisdom. In chapter 2, verse 6, it says this, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. If we aren't seeking wisdom from God, then we're not going to get it from anywhere. God is the true source of all wisdom. We seek, I mean, we seek wisdom from Facebook. We seek wisdom from our phone and all the information that we can get on it. But that can never, ever, ever be the primary source of seeking wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. Turn to Proverbs 2, verse 11. Tim, you guys can come back up. I want to end with with this thought. 
from Proverbs 2, verse 11. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Okay, this is talking about if you seek wisdom. If you, if you, if you answer the call of wisdom in your life. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Delivering you from the way of evil. From men of perverted speech. Who's, who forsake the path of righteousness. Yeah, who forsake the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Okay, if you seek wisdom, that will be true about you. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus was the absolute perfect embodiment of wisdom on earth. The skill of godly living. But here's the thing. Everything that was just described to us in Proverbs chapter 2. That you will be delivered from the way of evil. So that we could be delivered from the way of evil? Jesus, the most wise man that ever lived, was turned over to the way of evil. He was turned over to men of perverted speech. He was turned over to those who forsake the paths of righteousness, who walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil, who delight in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked, and who are devious in their ways. Jesus was wise. Jesus continually sought his father in heaven. He was the embodiment of perfection. He was the embodiment of wisdom. He he had perfect skill in godly living. And yet, what did his life come to? He was turned over to all the negative results of not seeking wisdom. Why? Because that's why he lived his life. So that All the people that he died for could now, on a daily basis, pick up scripture in the presence of God, not having to go through a priest, not having to sacrifice sacrifices, but we have it available to us. We have it available, really, we have it available through technology in amazing ways. But let me tell you, wisdom would say, If we use this in the way that God did not intend it to be used, it will lead to our destruction. It will affect our family life in a negative way. It will affect our temptation life in a negative way. It will affect our speech in a negative way. But if we use these 
and our computers and the technology that is available to us in this world in a positive way, the gospel can be spread. The glory of God can be seen. People can be fed. I mean, farming equipment. That's awesome. And so every single one of us, as we take some time to remember Jesus, and Jesus said, this is my body broken for you as often as you take it, take it in remembrance of me. And he said, this is my blood poured out for you in the new covenant as often as you take it, take it in remembrance of me. So our time this morning that we have to come and take the bread and the juice, there's two stations up here, so walk up and take it during our next few songs. And there's one in the back. Is twofold. Understand that all of wisdom, if we are going to do this correctly, if we're going to do wisdom right in our life and put it into practice with the technology that we have available to us, it all has to come back to our source. The source is God through Jesus Christ. The source is God through Jesus Christ. That we have entrance into his presence and we can seek him and seek wisdom in his presence. And so we're going to remember Jesus. And the second reason is so that you, in this time, in this moment, can take your wisdom temperature, really, in two parts. Just in general, how am I seeking wisdom in my life? Am I proud or am I humble? Am I humble enough to understand I still have a lot to learn no matter where I am in life, no matter where I am, no matter how old I am, no matter how long I've been saved, no matter how little I've been saved, no matter what, everyone in the room needs to be seeking wisdom. So what's your temperature on that? And then what's your temperature on how, how you are using the technology that's available to you in your life? Because we live in a society, I mean a phone to save us from our phones? Really? I mean, come on. Cause, but what, was, what did it say? So that you can get in, get out, and get on with life, right? But that's the message that it's sending to us. Here's something better so that it's all right here, so that it's all right here, so that it's all right here. It's not always good for us. Let's pray together, and then we're going to worship. God, we want to continually be seeking you so that we can be skilled at godly living that we can be seeking wisdom, that we can know when wisdom is calling to us from the streets. In every situation in life, that we could know and understand and realize when wisdom is calling to us. God, you've made it available to us in your word and through the church and through your Holy Spirit and through situations in life, God, that you teach us things. I pray that we would be humble enough to be seeking knowledge that can be lived out in life. God, that we would be humble enough to know that we've got to seek God for everything in our lives, that I really don't know that much. So God, help us as we apply it to technology in our lives because I've seen in my life how my phone destroys family time. I've seen it in other people's lives how their phone destroys family time. It destroys their temptation life. It destroys their speech life. It destroys their testimony. God, we don't want to see that happen. We want to use it for your glory. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. Help us to have your wisdom in how we should play that out in our everyday life, God. And now we just want to spend some time in your presence worshiping you, remembering that our source is you, God, through Jesus Christ.
Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for being subjected to evil and perverse people so that we could live ever seeking God in his presence. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. That, that that song is our, is our desire as we go from here today, that our desire is to give you my heart. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. And as we want to seek wisdom and as we want to use the things that you have given us, God, may over all of that be that we just want to find a way to give everything that we are to you and use what you give us back uh, to glorify you and to glorify your name. So God, um, I pray over the small groups that happened this week um, that further great heartfelt conversation would happen there, God, and that you would sharpen us through each other and through your word. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. One thing I want to say is if you, are, um, if you have shown interest or volunteered to help in any way with the food for Wednesday nights, uh, that meal that happens before Awana, you are going to meet where? Right in the office area right now. Go. See y'all next week.